Hey, this is Rob, and that's Micaiah, and you are listening to You Forgot One. Today on You Forgot One, Sufjan Stevens' best album. Micaiah, you say Age of Odds, which is one of your personal favorite albums. I say Illinois. What do our listeners need to know right up front about Sufjan Stevens? Sufjan is kind of one of the icons of indie music of the 2000s. Um, you know, even though, you know, and I think because he wasn't like in a band like Arcade Fire, it was so easy to kind of hold him up as like one of the guys, you know. Um, another interesting thing about Sufjan is that he was very like openly you know, like Christian, but not like a Christian artist, like casting crowns, uh, but he's very open about his faith. And so much of his music is about that faith and like the struggles with that faith, you know? So uh, he was a very interesting, uh, you know, singer, songwriter, musician, composer uh, for like the two of us who are interested in, in, in religion. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was one of the most exciting figures of, that time in music um and uh illinois is kind of the crowning achievement of that specific time pitchfork called it the best album of the year and yet when the rolling stone 500 list for 2020 came out not one sufjan album not even illinois uh i don't know how that happens well, I mean, it, everyone called it one of the best of the decade, the one of the best of that year. And yet um, it's already kind of, you know, there's something about the 2000s that are just kind of getting glossed over for especially anything that is um, not pop music or, or hip hop. There's some of these albums are being very quickly forgotten in some of these publications. And it's, um, it's, it's worrisome, which is why we have this podcast. So um, that being said, in 2010, uh, my pick, Age of Odds, he releases a different album um, that is not like Illinois at all. Um, it's it's much more digital in its composition, even though it has some of the, the more analog instruments as well. Uh, it definitely challenged people's expectations of it. And, you know, Illinois is kind of canonically the agreed upon favorite, but for me, it's it's odds. Um, and for, you know, all of my, my, my Sufjan Hive, you know, all my, my close friends who we all love Sufjan and grew up on Sufjan together, our consensus is like, oh, it's Age of Odds. I had a friend today, it's like, oh, it's Odds. It's not even close. There's not a close second. You know, so we feel very strongly about uh, Age of Odds. So I wanted to give it a shot on this podcast. So I know I'm a, I got an uphill battle. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, thankfully, unlike the Elliot Smith episode, we actually have someone here who's going to help us decide which Sufjan album, you know, belongs to our list. And since we're dealing with kind of one of the, the indie icons of the 2000s, who better to have than Ian Cohen uh, from IndieCast? So he's going to help us decide, you know, which of these two Sufjan albums belongs on our list. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So let's go ahead and jump right into this great conversation with uh, Ian Cohen and uh, we'll be back after a brief word from our sponsors. I want to take a second and tell you a little bit about 
Mirror Coffee Roasters. Mirror Coffee Roasters are pursuing excellence from coffee, farm to cup. The goal at Mirror Coffee Roasters has always been to use coffee as a tool for change. Whether that's a bag of coffee on your kitchen counter or creating a sustainable, human-focused sourcing practice that goes far beyond generic marketing labels. No matter how you enjoy your coffee, Mirror Coffee Roasters is here to help you on your journey and elevate your coffee experience. I want to encourage you to go to their website, mirrorcoffeeroasters.com today and check out their coffee box a four-bag sampler box of some of their best coffees from Colombia, Guatemala, and Ethiopia. Check out Mirror Coffee Roasters today. Listeners, you know him from the IndieCast with Steve Hyden and Ian Cohen. Uh, you can find his writing at Pitchfork, Stereo Gum, The Ringer, Uprock, Spin, and so many other places where we love to read about music. He is Mr. Ian Cohen, and he is here to talk to us about Pitchfork's number one album of 2005, Illinois, by Sufjan Stevens. And to talk about the follow-up, the 2010 album, Age of Odds. Ian, it's so good to have you with us. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, uh, th- thanks so much for having me as well. And, you know, I, I just don't want to get bogged down in technicalities because, like, I'm sure we're going to talk about Sufjan's, um, you know, in, in, in huge, sprawling catalog throughout. But 
I would imagine if like Sufjan Stevens could speak on his own behalf, he'd probably say like planetarium was like the follow-up or like the <laughs> avalanche, the outtakes or any of those other like orchestral works. But yeah, as far as, as far as like normies like myself are concerned, Age of Oz is the follow-up. The nature of our podcast, of course, is that we're putting a list together of great albums with the caveat that only one album per artist can appear on the list. And so it really comes down to us of is Illinois or is Age of Odds the best album to put on? Is this Sufjan's best album? Is this the best representation of who he is? And so there's so many things we're going to talk about today, uh, but let's start here. Can you tell us who is Sufjan and what is, what's his importance? What is his role especially in the indie music world, the independent music world, as we think about it in this millennia? You know, for the purposes of our podcast, um, he is somebody who is, I guess I would describe as like one of the main characters of 21st century indie music. Um, And, you know, throughout uh, like almost literally the entirety of the 21st century so far, there's a couple of albums that came prior to Michigan that, you know, weren't particularly heralded, but they exist. And, you know, he started in about 2000 and, um, you know, every so often he puts out an album and that is, if not like, you know, super critically acclaimed to the degree that, um, you know, Illinois or Carrie and Lowell is, is still like a main character. And I think what makes him so interesting to talk about is how many different um formats he's made music in over these years you know there's the earlier stuff like michigan and illinois which kind of to this day we make jokes about like oh he's gonna make you know the 50 states project so to speak and then um carrie and lowell which you know some would argue we should be talking about that album um it's interesting to see uh you know what how younger uh audiences um relate to Sufjan Stevens because yeah I, I think Carrie and Lowell if we're talking about like people who are in their 20s or maybe early 30s like that would probably be brought up as like clear cut the best one um kind of similar to how I've had conversations with like the national fans who are like 28 years old and like trouble will find me is the one that got them into them but um but just in regards to the breadth of his career he's made really spare uh, acoustic music. He's made like over the top orchestral music. He's done like actual composition, like, you know, artwork. Um, He's done seven swans, but also like the massive Christmas music uh, compilation. Um, He was one of the figures on dark was the night in 2009, which is really, I think as good of a encapsulation of like what the two thousands were about. And so he is integral to all these trends which have ebbed and flowed in indie music, but never to the point where he's like defined by them in a way that say like Animal Collective or Dirty Projectors might be. So um, just one of the most singular figures of, uh, you know, all of music in the 21st century and uh, just a great subject for this podcast because it's you know i was talking with um you know my co-host vindicast steven hyde and he's putting together a uh a, a project about the cure and it says you know it says a lot about like what kind of cure fan of you are if like you think pornography is their best work or disintegration or 
uh, head on the door or what have you. And Sufjan offers a you know, similar platform for uh, debate, you know, because like it's not just, oh, this one's better than the other. It's just such a completely different style that even acknowledge saying that you prefer Carrie and Lowell over Illinois, like that says a lot about, you know, what you value in music. Mm-hmm. things at the core of at our our disagreement in this podcast is really around this idea that Micaiah in in many of his friends in his age group I'm 10 years older mm. um, are are huge fans of age of odds and that's kind of their number one and for me um, it's kind of Illinois Carrie and Lowell Michigan like it, it, and so I'm, I'm interested that idea of which one you prefer kind of speaks to what you value in music or what you're looking for in music. Tell, tell us a little bit more about that. What do you, what do you mean when you say that? Just by mentioning age, you bring up the uh, secret sauce of music criticism, which is that so much of uh, our relationship with music can be dictated by uh, our age or like where we were at in life when an album uh, came out. And so, you know, for people who are younger, um, uh, and now like and now I'm like age of odds like if that came out when you were say 16 or 18 years old um you know chances are Illinois or Michigan came out like prior to you having a you know sense of self and so um I think there's a huge value in having a record come out uh when you are at a point to kind of shape your own view of it as opposed to received wisdom so we can't uh underestimate the impact of that on um you know people's relationships with music but um as far as the difference between aids oz and illinois um these are two you know fairly similar in that they are they represent like the maximalist version of sufyan um which is very very distinct from some of the other um some of the other records he's put out and that's not necessarily a matter if he got more minimalist as time went on i mean you could we haven't mentioned seven swans yet a record i absolutely love that came in between michigan and um illinois and so um i think a lot of this uh is predicated on what you value in terms of lyricism because Illinois and Michigan, um, those are 
in a lot of ways, character studies, whereas Age of Odds, I think, makes a very distinct transition lyrically towards you know, the life and times of uh, Sufjan Stevens. I think that Age of Odds is a very, very interesting transition. Like it, it's it's literally the halfway point between uh, Illinois and Terry and Lowell as far as time. It's five years in between each of those two records. But even if that record does, you know, contain a lot of the over the top uh, aspects of Sufjan's orchestrations, it's uh, it's a lot more just kind of getting into his head, like the experience of being that person. And I also think that um, Age of Odds gets more into the electronic uh, side of his music because uh, for reasons that we will go, I'm sure, in depth about uh, Illinois to me seems like a more reflective of like larger trends in indie music, whereas Age of Odds um, is more where he started to be a huge, you know, he's still like a huge, huge, huge figure, but not necessarily somebody who you can read larger trends uh, about, you know, you can read into like larger trends. He's just like Sufjan Stevens, whereas, uh, you know, Illinois, Michigan, he's what indie rock represented as a whole, mm. if that makes sense. When did you first get into Sufjan? What was your entry point to Sufjan Stevens? And what has he meant to you over over that time? All right. Uh, this is um, kind of that imposter thing Ian was talking about <laughs> when we started getting to Sufjan. So um, I, I was at a video store and there was a, a documentary on uh, Danielson. 
Okay, here we go. Yeah. That, you you can't say it. if you're bringing up like Danielson family, you cannot you cannot pull the imposter syndrome card. That is like super okay. extended universe. So yeah, yeah. It, so I yeah. yeah. So I watched that documentary, and I was just like, this guy's cool. This guy's great. And there's like a point in the documentary was like, and then his drummer Sufjan uh, released an album called Illinois, and it sold lots and lots of copies. And I was just like, oh, I guess that's the guy I should actually like be dedicating my time to. Um, and so I went to, there are a lot of websites in the early 2000s. This would have been um, the summer of 2007. And I, I had seen the cover of Avalanche in AP Magazine, Alternative Press. Yeah, shout out to them. They were like covering some real indie shit back then. Yeah, in the 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 early to mid and, and, and into the late 2000s, they, they, were, they had some good stuff going on there. Um, and so I saw the avalanche cover and I was like, well, that's a great cover. Um, but I never like pursued it. Um, and this is the time where I stopped like down illegally downloading music because I had crashed too many of my computers at home. So I was getting kind of skittish, but this was also the time where a lot of like legit sites were popping up. So I think I went to like emusic.com. Oh, hell yeah. This shit's right up my alley. And so I, and they, they had the avalanche and I was just like, boom, there it is. So I, I got like the avalanche and I got like the Ackley's, which I later found out was Katie and Allison Crutchfield. Oh, wow. And, and so, yeah, so I got, I got the avalanche. So that was my first Sufjan record. And it was just, just uh, the MP3s. And, uh, you know, once the avalanche like started, I was like, oh, I guess this is like who I am now, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm not just going to keep listening to like Under Oath and The Chariot. So it was really tough being in like a hardcore band with like all my friends and just after band practice, like going downstairs and just put on the avalanche and be like, all right, see you guys later. Yeah. Then it was just, um, I went on a vacation with my friend Tyler, who's been on the podcast for our, you know, emo episode and Smith's episode. And we went, there was a, we went, we were in seaside Florida uh, which is where there's a little record store there. And between me and our group of friends, we bought every Sufjan CD that was there <laughs> that summer. And my friend Tyler, you know, like the dividers where it has like the artist name. Absolutely. Uh, we, we had bought the Tyler and I went there, bought the remaining Sufjan CDs and he took the divider and he told the people, the cashier, he said, you won't be needing this anymore. <laughs> the cashier went, Okay. And so, <laughs> how so, old were you at the time? We were sixteen and seventeen. That is absolutely something a sixteen-year-old should be saying. That yeah. that is that that your your life a movie for real. <laughs> so that was yeah. And so I mean, we spent that trip just like in a in a room that had like a DVD player and a TV. Uh-huh. And so like I would just like put on Michigan, and then. <laughs> the rest of the guys would just like kind of slowly come in and we'd be sitting in a bed and the sun would go down in the dark and we would just listen to Sufjan and be like, all right, do you guys want to go ride bikes? And like, that was like the whole vacation was just listening to Sufjan and then like playing acoustic guitars on the porch and stuff. It was a great time. Interesting. So Makai and I both, uh, both grew up in uh, evangelical churches in Florida. And I think that plays probably plays a big role into um, some of the interest in, in Sufjan, 
Um, but ultimately, I had never heard of Sufjan Stevens, had not heard any music by him until February of 2005. My now wife, I took her to see um, a, a Christian artist named David Crowder, took, took her to see him in concert. And in his concert, he played uh, Oh God, Where Are You Now from Michigan. So it was one of those things immediately going home being like, who, who is this song by? Like where, who, who's written this? And so that was, that began the deep dive for me into Sufjan. And then of course it was perfect because, you know, February was getting into him and then July 4th, Illinois comes out. Yeah. And so, so couldn't, couldn't have been better. And, and, you know, my wife and I when we were dating at the time. Um, I think probably that, that whole second half of 2005, we may have listened to that album just exclusively. And then actually that's what she got me. She got me the, uh, the vinyl of the album for Christmas that year. And, and so I think for me, like, you know, doing the, doing the, the deep dive and then kind of going all the way back to like, enjoy your rabbit and like kind of the, um, you know, his foray into kind of like the, the heavy electronica stuff and then feeling like where he had landed in that like seven swans, Michigan, Illinois, where it was like kind of loosely based on this like acoustic instrumentation, but then like adding more and more elaborate kind of orchestration around it. Um, and then of course, just the theatrics of it. Cause I remember we also saw him uh, during that period of time, he played uh, Austin city limits and so watching that Austin city limits performance and seeing like them all come out with like the wings on and the, you know, the, like the camp uniforms and all of that, like it, it, mm-hmm. it all felt like such a, um, kind of a, a perfectly orchestrated, uh, kind of art show.
Yeah, I mean, I, I, a lot of what y'all are describing is like kind of bits and pieces of my experience. Um, you, know, you mentioned how uh, the both of y'all, um, you know, have experienced in the evangelical church, and um, you know, my wife, uh, she, you know, uh, she grew up in the evangelical church as well. Um, she was a YWAMer. Um, not, okay, I'm seeing some head nods, um, and so you know, just youth her, with a mission for our listeners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, like I, I like, yeah, I met her like, you know, like in 2019 or what have you. So, you know, like she, her experience with Sufjan, uh, helped me see his catalog in a much, much, much different light. Like us, you know, much more similar to the experience y'all had where, you know, mine, uh, I'm a, you know, as you might be able to tell my last name, uh, Sufian and I don't share, uh, you know, religious backgrounds, but, um, you know, my experience with, you know, getting to know him was like strictly through, um, I mean, strictly through the way that you, one might expect with my background, which is that, uh, I first heard Michigan based on a pitchfork review and I checked it out and I'm like, this is like nothing I've ever heard before. Um, I'll tell you what, like any of our, any of the listeners, you got to go check out, um, this article that was written in about, I think it was 2019 at the ringer, uh, colleague of mine, Zach Schoenfeld, um, wrote about uh, how the original review of Michigan was a 7.5, but like, then they took it down after a weekend and gave it an 8.5. I'm looking at this right now and it's just really it's really fun to just remember a time when that was the sort of thing that uh pitchfork was good to um you know this is like peak uh maybe not like peak but like up there as far as like their peak influence about being able to like kind of launch artists from obscurity and they could you know it was still just a real um seat of their pants operation and i don't remember that specifically but i do remember you know, just reading about it in a college library. And I don't know where I found it from. I may have illegally downloaded it. Um, I certainly didn't buy it, but, um, you know, with, with an album of that nature, it, it's really, you really need all of it. And I'm pretty sure I had like maybe 15, 13 of the 15 songs or something like that. And so, um, you know, it was really into Michigan. Um, uh, it, the, the the folk stuff was you know familiar but it was run through all these interesting compositional um influences but that being said i'm like surprised at how much i got into seven swans um you know that is another album that's really tied up in incredible memories of living in athens georgia i saw him i think around that time maybe a few times at uh 40 watt and um i don't think i ever saw him in atlanta at that time but um you know like his what i could say his peak uh you know from michigan seven swans to illinois that was all happening when i was living in athens georgia uh 23 to 25 years old just having time in my life and um it that like that's these are the albums that like take me back there and so I also found it to be interesting that Age of Odds is the album that you mentioned as being like his, I guess, public breakthrough or like the one where the universe uh, kind of revolved around a Sufjan release. I, I felt like Illinois had a lot of hype going on as well, I guess, for like the, you know, the deeper indie nerd contingent. Um, you know, like I, 
I, I, I was actually, we, we listened to it today, my wife and I, um, and I remember telling her about how, um, the disappointment that I felt when going to, um, um, criminal records in Atlanta, trying to find it on that 4th of July weekend, but I couldn't the first day cause that Superman on the cover and they had to recall it. And, um, so I had to wait a few days to get that. And, you know, that was something that I was willing to wait for. Um, you mentioned e-music. I had to look up, uh, what website I bought the clap your hand, say yes, CD around that time for insound.com. I got to give a shout out to them. If you are a 40 something or late thirties indie guy, you probably bought some stuff from them. So shout out to those uh, e-music retailers. And this gets into like why I chose to be, why I chose this album to talk about as opposed to some of the ones that like might be more in line with the stuff I covered. Uh, Like 2000s, like indie rock like not just the music itself but the stuff surrounding it i could go on all day so um yeah that's that that was kind of how i uh you know got familiar with with sufjan it was in that period and um you know by that by extension got into danielson family and uh all that stuff and um yeah i don't know if i was like ride or die sufjan um, like I didn't check out every project he did, but, um, yeah, I, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure when I was writing for a little, uh, publication called stylist magazine, which, uh, launched, uh, the careers of quite a few music writers who are still around to this day. I, I feel like when I voted for that, uh, I probably put Illinois number one, you know, it's interesting thinking about, you know, what you're saying, which essentially, all that was wrapped up in indie music of the 2000s and it was it was it was more than just the music itself it was a rapidly changing culture that was happening around it it was um you know uh, gatekeepers both on the kind of fan level and on the corporate level were changing so quickly and so dramatically it was the aftermath of you know, the CD craze of the late nineties when, you know, the music industry were seeing, you know, their, their biggest sales of all time. And then within three or four years, thanks largely to streaming music or, or downloadable music at that time, long before streaming, the kind of complete collapse of, of the music industry, which would seem was suddenly made it accessible for everyone. So suddenly the, you know, the indie artist you loved, wasn't actually selling that you know that many fewer albums in comparison to how little these uh, these huge kind of well-known artists were but you know you're talking about reading pitch for uh, reading a pitchfork review of michigan mm-hmm. like if you were if you're a pitchfork reader in 2004 2003 2004 then you are ready and waiting when Illinois comes out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but because of the success of Illinois, the average Rolling Stone reader was was waiting for the release of Age of Odds. Yeah. And so and I, and I feel thing. like I feel like it was that thing where it was like your your indie your indie kids were, were ready for Illinois to come out. Um five years later, it felt like the whole industry was waiting for Age of Odds. Um, which was just such a such a different thing, and and again, I think some of that is also for those of us that loved Sufjan early on. Some of the hype around Age of Odds that had nothing to do with Sufjan Stevens 
you know, felt like it never fit him well. Goldenrod and the 4-H stone The things I brought you when I found out you had cancer of the bone Your father cried on the telephone And he drove his car into the Navy Yard Just to prove that he was sorry In the morning through the window shade When the light pressed up against your shoulder blade I could see what you were reading All the glory that the Lord has made And the complications you could do without When I kissed you on the mouth You know, this is certainly a case that that I'm willing to make, but I'd be interested since you you mentioned that at some point it was your number one. Ian, what what do you think is kind of the best argument for Illinois being the Sufjan album? If you're only going to choose one Sufjan album, what do you feel like is the argument for Illinois? I think this represents uh, Sufjan at the peak of his powers. Now, maybe you can make the argument that like, Harry and Lowell has like, you know, stronger songs or what have you. But as like, if we're talking like peak of his powers, this includes both the music itself and his, um, you know, impact on the greater indie world. Because, um, you know, like you said, I, it was, I believe, uh, Pitchfork's number one album of 2005. Um, and when you look at like 2005 indie as a whole, um, you could see like Sufjan excelling amongst somewhat similarly minded acts. Cause when I think about the music I was listening to around that time, um, you know, <laughs> peak blog rock um, and Sufjan's not blog rock by any stretch of the imagination, but a lot of the things that were happening around that time, whether it's like Wes Anderson or, um, you know, like a lot of the bands who had like glockenspiels in their music and long names. I mean, if you look at the Illinois song titles, that's part and parcel of the, I guess, more twee leaning, uh, aspects of indie rock. It was, you know, this is, you know, Sufjan was the king of that. And also it was Michigan, like everything that was great about Michigan just exploded to sound more high budget, like more colorful, more over the top. And so, um, it seemed to me to be like a culmination of everything that Sufjan had done to that point, whereas everything that comes after Illinois is in some way, shape or form like a reinvention. And so I think that momentum coming from um, Michigan and Seven Swans, that were, you know, if not in sound, but in hype, makes Illinois feel like the arrival of, you know, what it what what Sufjan Stevens does and what he did before because um I do think that Age of Odds and Carrie and Lowell like as you know incredible as each of them are they don't they, they're just they're their own beast uh and in terms of like in their relation to Sufjan's work as a whole and indie rock as a whole but um I also think that Illinois can make the case for being his best album because I mean, I think Chicago is his, you know, definitive song. 
you know, the stories that y'all are describing about like taking these long road trips and so forth. It's, I mean, like, you know, like that's what Illinois is for. Um, and with that and like John Wayne Gacy, it has like John Wayne Gacy Jr. Like kind of on the opposite end, uh, maybe setting the scene for later on, like the songs you make on Carrie and Lowell. But, um, you know, it's the Sufjan album that does the most thing. It does the most and it does the most things really, really well. So um, for all of its like reputation as being, you know, like the one with the cheerleading outfits and um you know the 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 end of the state project um it still has the many modes uh which he excels whether it's you know a song like chicago or a song like uh you know again do not expect me to know all the song titles but um you know night zombies which is like kind of more of like a like a like a heavy lidded disco song and uh you know the one about the wasp and uh, just a collection of really great songs that, um, you know, in addition to the orchestral uh, interlude, just is this massive, immersive project. And um, there's really not much like it aside from like other Sufjan albums. But even then, uh, it's it just strikes me as like an obvious peak. Definitely the the peak of his powers. I mean, just like this, that run. I mean, Michigan seven swans illinois and i'm gonna put avalanche in there that output is just i mean that that's prince from 1980 to like <laughs> 87 that's stevie wonder from uh we'll, we'll say 72 to 76 i mean like it's just this like unstoppable output yeah and the fact that you can listen to the uh the avalanche and be like he had another set of 20 songs ready to go. Yeah, at least. As you know. good. And I imagine, I imagine the Avalanche has outtakes too. <laughs> yeah. It, it just has this, for Illinois, it, it has a scope like no other kind of album. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's also like a concept album like no other too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's... Um, it works like it functions like a composite novel instead of just like one kind of strict storytelling device. You know, there's all kinds of things. Um, and, and that's part of the fun. And that's, that's that like postmodern thing of just like putting in a bunch of references and the joy of getting the object and listening to it is that you catch all the references, mm-hmm. you know, the same reason why like around this time, everyone enjoys watching like Tarantino movies. So like, oh, I get that reference. I get that reference. I get that reference. And it's the same thing for like college kids getting Illinois where you're like, I know who Carl Sandburg is. I know who Saul <laughs> is like, this is awesome. This is everything I'm reading. Uh, you know? And so, you know, that's, that's a lot of fun. I want to talk to that for a second because it's one of the things that I find especially interesting about Illinois, the hyper long song titles, um, you, you know that so i mean again like the second song on the album is the black hawk war or how to demolish an entire civilization and still feel good about yourself in the morning or we apologize for the inconvenience but you're going to have to leave now or i have fought the big <laughs> i have fought the big knives and will continue to fight them until they are off our lands like that's a single song title on on this on this album and um so somewhat related i had to get up so uh the dave eggers edited uh best american non-required reading 
Um, wow, that that is really putting us in a uh, in the uh, in the in the mid two thousands, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I mean, but that's the thing. So again, tying tying it all back together. So like, I have all of the two thousands uh, best American non required reading books, and so they're all edited by Dave Eggers and the introductions. So one year it's by Colin Malloy from the Decemberist. One year it's by Sufjan. So the 2007 one, the introduction is by Sufjan. And his title for the introduction is How I Trumped Rudolf Steiner and Overcame the Tribulations of Illiteracy One Snickers Bar to Time. Yeah, that, 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 is, that is a time capsule right there. I mean, you, yeah. just, you said it all. Like the creative writing majors were really eaten back then, you know? <laughs> Thinking outrageously. I hide in my bed with the lights on the floor Wearing three layers of coats and leg warmers I see my own breath on the face of the door Oh, I am not quite sleeping Oh, I am fast in bed They're on the wall in the bedroom I see a wasp with her wings outstretched. Let's move now to Makai, not just your favorite Sufjan album, but but I, I think would be fair to say one of your favorite albums of all time, period. It is. So um, it, sell us sell us on on Age of Odds, and then I want to give Ian an opportunity to kind of give what would be a uh an educated music critics uh, <laughs> best best argument for Age of Odds. Sure, I mean so. Hmm. So, Illinois is coming off of Michigan and Seven Swans, and then it's Illinois. And so, what Odds is coming off of is Sufjan in a not great place, even though it's after Illinois. So he should be right. You know, it's like he's at the height of his powers, and what actually happens is he's in a very dark place, he gets um, this viral issue that like messes up his like nervous system. And so he's having like really bad anxiety 
talking about like indie Wes Anderson stuff. <laughs> he like yeah. reportedly was watching Fantastic Mr. Fox and then had to take a Xanax because it was like too much like stimulation. <laughs> so like uh, you know, he was talking about having really bad anxiety and really bad adrenaline and just you know, uh really in having to go to like physical therapy and like see a psychiatrist. So like it, mentally and physically he is, um, he's unwell. And in 2009, he did an interview that was been much cited, um, about, you know, something that we've been talking about with just, you know, downloading albums, you know, and he was saying things like, you know, it's, I've lost faith in like the album and the song. And he was talking about how, I mean, it's like, you know, songs are only like three minutes long and albums are only like 40 minutes long because of, you know, the album, but that's obsolete now because of downloading. And I've lost faith in the record and, and the song. And I think what's, and I think the, and also in 2009, he releases the, the BQE, which is a soundtrack to, you know, a film, uh, like experimental film. That's all about the, you know, expressway in Brooklyn, you know, so he's, he's still doing stuff in the, in the, five CD set of Christmas songs comes out in that time. So there's, there's stuff that keeps them in the conversation. And then in 2010, August, 2010, you know, thinking about that, that interview, he releases all the light of people just as a digital EP at first. And the, the weird thing about it is it's an hour long. It's like longer than Michigan. Almost. I think it's, a, it's on a, uh, when it comes out, it's finally on a double LP. Um, so like, why is this even called an EP? And I think it all comes back to that interview because the other part of the interview is like, you know, why do songs have to be this long or the albums have to be that long? Like they could be, you know, five seconds long. They can be an eternity. So to release an EP that's an hour long, you know, I think is, I see now the humor and what he was doing And Then I was just like, it's not really an EP. Um, it doesn't really sound like, you know, uh, Illinois either. This is very strange. And it still doesn't even completely set you up for what happens in October, which is the release of Age of Odds, even though you get something like Feudal Devices, which is one of his best songs in his catalog. And it is the, you know, it's it's a, an acoustic instrument with some other kind of sonic textures that you can't really identify. There's like a piano in there. And the piano is kind of being the percussion while also being uh, minimalist in its melody and um, a fantastic song that gets a second life on the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack, which we haven't even talked about Academy Award nominee Sufjan Stevens yet. Um, you know, so, but then it gets into Too Much Love, which I think is in like a seven count, uh, which he'd played with time signatures before, you know, Come and Feel the Illinois, uh, you know, is in five, four, and there's all kinds of, you know, fun stuff. Uh, Detroit also is in, in five, four, but this is, I think, in seven. So you get the Sufjan back, but you realize like, oh, okay. So uh, we're, we're in, we're in a different territory here. We don't really know what to do with it. This, if this is like the, the Black Hawk, like analogy, then we're like, oh, this is setting a very different tone. But then you get the, the title track age of odds. And I think this is also one of the best songs in his catalog. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I don't even know what age of odds means. I don't know. I don't know what it means that it's spelled a D Z. I don't know what it means if it were spelled O D D S. I don't know. Um, I know that it's all, you know, a big part of this album is him being inspired by, um, Royal Robertson, a Louisiana artist 
who was also schizophrenic and um, who had like 11 kids and a wife who loved him very much. And he was, he made signs. That's how he made a living. And he lived in a house that he built himself. And um, he was a self proclaimed prophet. And, you know, Sufyan's interested in, in, in prophets and religion. <laughs> and so a lot of his artwork is based in comic books. Sufyan by this point had written a comic book. Um, he's, his artwork is religious and apocalyptic for all the themes that Sufyan's been singing about actually for a long time. But then he, and then he looks at this artist who, you know, completely ruins his life with his dedication to his art and his message. And somehow Sufyan's like, I get this guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is, maybe the darkest he's been where it's like, it's not just like Jesus is my guy. I understand Jesus. He loves everyone. And so do I, but now he's like, no, there's this, there's this central figure. That's a part of this album. Royal Robertson, he, the schizophrenic guy who completely, you know, he ends up calling his wife. Who's never, who's nothing but faithful, a whore torn from his kids. He has nobody in his life and he dies pretty young age in his sixties you know, just dedicated to his art and loses everyone around him. And I think Sufjan saw something in that. Um, one, uh, understanding the need for love uh, in your life and the need for connection. Um, and I think that a lot of this stuff is conceived uh, musically and conceptually, like while in the hospital and getting over, you know, a, you know, a really, you know, tough time in his life. And then you get this title track that, is there's a lot of tension on this track because yes, there are electronic elements, but there's all the old stuff too. You know, there, there are flutes, there are acoustic guitars. There's the choir of singers. There are drummers too, but there's also these drum sounds and these percussive elements that aren't actual like drum beats. They're not like 808s or anything. He's using like the sound of what sounds like a space shuttle but not to like signal like a space shuttle as, but incorporating it into the beat and into the music. So he's using these unconventional sounds. So, you know, we talk about like bleeps and bloops and we talk about like kid A and electronic music. He's using bleeps and bloops, but they're not loops. So it's not like club music, which is like, or just like whoop, damn, whoop, doop, whoop, doop. It's not like idiot tech. Like they're not loops. They're still very organic and the way that these sounds are constructed. And when you saw him live, he had two drummers and everyone had pads that they were queuing up. So there's something really organic about these electric sounds that are played more like conventional instruments. So it's really reinventing, you know, a way of him to play music. You know, it's, it's as complicated as these compositions where he's trying to be Steve Reich. Um, and, you know, and talked about Steve Reich, listen to, um, you know, out of Egypt, the last track on Illinois, that is his, his Steve Wright song. So he, he's doing these incredible compositions. And while Illinois is, uh, you know, is a, a great testament to like a history of Western music and Western musical composition, Age of Odds does away with all of that and tries to make a new kind of music that we haven't really heard until that point and have not heard since even from him.
You know, so this is a, a an incredibly exceptional exceptional album for him and for anyone, uh, really, because it's it's not Bjork, it's not Kid A, but it's also not as avant garde as something as like Trout Mask Replica either. <laughs> but like, it is as ambitious and interesting and as important as those three things are, I think, for twenty uh, first century music. Um, and you know. Hip hop has really embraced this album. Uh, Hood politics from Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly" samples. Um, you know this song. Mac Miller uh, had you know some music from this album sampled. You know, so there are people who really take this stuff. And even when you get a short song like "Bad Communication," which there was a a list online that had like ranked every Sufjan song, and uh, put "Bad Communication" I think like last, um, even though there's a whole album called the sun came with plenty of candidates for for <laughs> um you know but bad communication i think is one of the best sufian songs out there and it's not unlike something you would hear on blonde by frank ocean like it'd be very easy to put frank ocean's voice you know especially now with ai quite literally to put his voice on that track you know and the way the sufian now is you know He's, the lyrics are sparse, right? Words are fetal devices. He lets you know that at the front of the album. Rob quoted like a 50-word you know, song title. Um, the longest song title on Age of Odds is I Want to Be Well. Right. Very telling, right, for where he is at this point. Um, even though this, you know, the final song, Impossible Soul, is about 30 minutes long. You know, so the, all, all that ambition is still there, but there's so much reinvention and experimentation uh, and but still convention because the things are working together because they're, they're still horns. There are still the, the choir. They're on top of these digital elements. So it's him. Uh, there, there's a tension there. There's a reconciliation there. There's something that's happening in the music that's also happening for him personally and in the body and to the listener who is having to receive all of this information both the digital and analog at the same time, which I think also makes it a great statement for what that decade is in music, you know, uh, where now like Bon Iver has embraced all the digital stuff. The nationalists continue to continuously like embrace the more digital stuff. So even like now indie music has gone more and more this way. Um, at least, at least the, the kind of the key figures of, you know, the, the previous decade. So I uh, think this is an exceptional album. Uh, I said that uh, many times. I'm going to have more to say as y'all talk about it, but I think that may be my, my key thesis for this one.
This album to me came out uh, during a, like, you know, what, what I think was like a pretty fraught time in my life as well. And so this was uh, kind of a hard album to visit and revisit for that reason. Um, and, you know, something about this album, despite the fact that it might actually be shorter than Illinois, seems much more daunting. Um, maybe it's the fact that it, you know, I mean, if you take away Impossible Soul or like, you know, turn it off five minutes through, it's like a 50 minute album or something like that. But, um, you know, most of these songs are super duper long. They're like nine minutes, six minutes. So something about uh, encountering it feels a lot more daunting than, uh, you know, Illinois, which tends to break up the action a bit more. Um, and I think that it's a lot more at once. Um, it feels more compressed than Illinois, which you know makes sense given it's a very digital album, it's a very insular album, it's very like Sufjan uh, doing his own sort of thing. And um, you know, the way I think of this album in terms of indie rock's timeline, in the same way that like uh, Illinois is peak of his powers, like Sufjan King amongst other indie artists doing the same thing. This strikes me as like the end of the 2000s. Um, uh, you know, we talked about this in IndieCast a lot about how 2011 and 2001 and 1991 feel like the beginning of their respective decades more so than um, the zero years. And uh, this to me is, um, you know, I, I think it's like kind of, it's one of the albums that I think of as like a closing of that chapter, even though, as you mentioned, it's probably the most influential of Sufjan's albums, or at least, you know, with a lot of the stuff I'm into, you know, it, you can bring up how it's been sampled in, you know, quite a few rap songs. But when I think about a lot of the stuff I've been into the past couple of years, when you're talking about like emo adjacent type stuff, like, you know, uh, Paranormal or Glass Beach, um, I hear similar sort of components in that. Um, it's, 
you know, again, I know I'm like walking on a thin plank by mentioning hyper pop, but I think it takes somewhat similar um, approaches. Uh, And so, you know, Age of Odds to me is a record that is also a little bit more interesting to revisit as a critic because or just like as an active listener, because while um, I still get a lot out of Illinois as you know from a critical thinking standpoint when I revisit it um the fact that Age of Oz is sort of stuck between like Carrie and Lowell Illinois which are you know I think consensusly considered the peaks of Sufjan's artistry they're the two essential albums I see on uh, Apple Music there's a lot more to explore in it it seems like perhaps misunderstood or there's just more maneuverability with opinions uh, for lack of a better term. Um, You know, like it says, I think it says something about, you know, someone's values if they like um, age of odds more so than other Sufjan albums, not in in terms of like, you know, what it does with its production and its instrumentation, but also it kind of proves that, you know, perhaps you are a little contrarian. You know, I think that every album, every artist with a, a long uh, stand with, with a big enough catalog has an album of this sort where it's not like the most popular one or the most critically acclaimed one, but it's the one with like the most uh, cult status surrounding it. Um, I'm sure you could say like Animal Collective has a record of that nature. And of all, I think we also have to bring up the fact that Centipede Hurts is very much like their version of an Age of Odds type album. I uh, can't believe we haven't mentioned Animal Collective yet if we're talking about like, you know, <laughs> uh, bigger trends. But um, yeah, I think that what makes this album so interesting is that it really you know, like refreshes the page for Sufjan for a decade of where he's making art about you know, his own process and his own relationship with art. Um, he centers himself very much on Carrie and Lowell and also the Ascension, um, which is, um, you know, perhaps not as dark in some ways as the age of Oz obviously is. And of course is Carrie and Lola obviously is, but it's still coming from a point of uh, a rather dim view of culture. And I think it's important to have mentioned um you know, some of the interviews he did around the time of age bots, like I forgot that I reviewed all delighted people um, until like today I looked it up and I'm like, man, I am quoting a lot of contemporary uh, interviews. This guy has done and his, you know, uh, grim outlook on the album and so forth. And, um, but I, I think it does contain some of his most interesting music. I think I want to be well is up there. Um, too much of course uh, a feudal device is one of my favorite songs of his and um yeah i, I think it, it it is such a fascinating fulcrum upon which his album turns that um you know i think if we were to like give an informal poll of you know people's favorite sufjan albums i don't envision age of odds coming in any higher than three and perhaps maybe even four but i think that the people who love Age of Odds are going to be like, like it's they'll be like the most intense fans of it, you know?
Yeah, I, I agree with so much of what you said, Ian, and there's so much there that I want to kind of respond to as well from Micaiah. Um, I think that it is a, it's a hard album to get through if your expectation is Michigan, Seven Swans, Illinois, Avalanche, or even like All Delighted People, like it it can it can be a hard album to get through yeah that that being said you know feudal devices really sets a stage for an album that is going to be darker but kind of continuing in at least thematically and musically that trend and it's too much that actually kind of really takes you into what this album is going to be and i i wonder you know, I, I often think as well about like how how you listen to music. Like, what is your what is your most common way of digesting music? And so for for me, by the time this album came out, like I full time job, so I didn't have the, yeah. <laughs> the the luxury of like just sitting and digesting an album. So music had to be something that like I could pay attention to, but then also kind of like emotionally turn off to focus on something else. And this is not an album you can do that. Like, too much Age of Odds, um, parts of Impossible Soul. Like, it 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 is distracting. Like, it, and again, not not in a way that is you know that's not necessarily a dig at the album. It just means that for me at the time, the way that I was digesting music, I either had to devote all of my attention to listening to this album or I could not put it on. Right. Like there, there was, there was really no in between for me. Um, but, but it is kind of Micaiah listening to you and kind of thinking about the influence of, of this album that I wholeheartedly agree with. Like, I, I think there's so much in this, you know, even thinking about, you know, some of the artists that come out, you know, as we've talked a lot about kind of like the artists that have released um, kind of those huge debut albums in 2008, you know, so Forever Forever Ago, the Fleet Foxes debut album, um, you know, the first Vampire Weekend album, like even in all of those artists, you can hear some of, you know, Illinois and in Michigan, you can, you can hear that kind of Sufjan in their music. And then what's interesting, especially with Bon Iver, like Bon Iver kind of tracks with Sufjan almost perfectly. Like, from a forever ago, the really sparse stuff into um, Bon Iver, Bon Iver, which which essentially 
adds in the big orchestrate, you know, it adds in the, yeah, that's his Illinois. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it. That he, he made Wisconsin, you know, he, he did that for the state project. Let's yeah. Say. And, and, and then essentially, you know, 22 a million essentially is Bon Iver's version of age of odds. Yeah. Like it's, it, and so you, you can see that influence, you can see the influence in, in hip hop, but I also think there's a certain extent to where like hip hop has also had an influence on him. Like when age of odds came out in 2010, it was two years after uh, MIA had released Kala and there's there's right. parts of Kala as well that I hear in this album where you're like, all right. So so again, it's Sufjan. When you think about it in the context of music at the time, it's not wildly that different. Like it 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 does, you know, not perfectly, but it does kind of fit pretty organically in the larger streams of indie music at the time that are popular. I I just think it's an album. My my only complaint, and and I will say again, let let me say this. I think Age of Odds, among Sufjan's five best albums, I think Age of Odds is the most underrated. I, I think it's I think it's the one that, um, again, I think that's also why it's kind of like a, a hyper fan favorite. Like the people who are the super Sufjan fans, like this is this is the one they gravitate towards too. You know, because, you know, Illinois Pitchfork says that's the album of the year. Carrie and Lowell, um, you know, was like a top five album of the year. Michigan got all the love and praise. And then you have an album like Age of Odds. And not that it's not a great album, but I think in a lot of people's eyes, it didn't live up to the hype around Sufjan. And I think that if you do stay with this album and really let it grow on you, I think I think there's a much better album here than a lot of people have have given credit for. So but but saying all of that, I, I think the hardest part about this album, and again, maybe it speaks to the place that Sufjan was in personally when he was writing it and composing it. This just sounds like such a lonely album. I'll talk, but I know you won't listen to me. Oh, you wouldn't say it, but you wanted to. Don't look, don't walk away when I am speaking. I'll take it, but I know it's not for taking.
Well, Micaiah, I, I know that we could we could have you go on for another two hours talking about this album because of what it means to you. Um, but I, I I do want to recognize, even though we're only talking about Illinois and Age of Odds, there are other great Sufjan albums. And so as a way of giving an opportunity for us to talk about even more Sufjan albums and also, and also ultimately for us to conclude with Ian, with you giving us your top five Sufjan albums, which will reveal kind of the direction, uh, the direction we go. All right. So for me, like my desert Island, uh, Sufjan album has got to be Illinois. That's going to be number one. Uh, number two, as far as just like the one that I returned to the most, I'm going to put Michigan, at uh, number two, um, we're going to put Seven Swans uh, at number three. I mean, I think that's just kind of revealing my, um, you know, just indie, you know, my my pitchfork pilled bias. <laughs> um, number four, um, I'm going to put uh, I'm going to put uh, Age of Odds there. In a weird way, I find this album much more easy to listen to and approachable than Carrie and Lowell. Like, I have to be in a very, 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 very specific mood to listen to Carrie and Lowell. And if I'm not, I can't listen to it. Like, uh, a thought came over me. It's like, oh, I should revisit that. And, like, I tried listening on the way to work. And I'm like, I can't be in – I can't show up to work having just listened to this album. Like, fuck no. So, um I think it's up to work and everyone's going, Ian, have you been crying? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I don't cry like listening to music, but, um, you know, I think that tends to get like overstated, but like I would put Carrie and Lowell up there at number five. So, um, yeah, so those are my top five. I love it. Well, that, that can, to, to Micaiah's credit, I think he knew going into this, that this is probably the way this was going to go. Yeah. Um, but, I knew but, it was a losing battle, but you know, uh, for the record, in my top five, Illinois is number two. You know what I mean? So it's like it's not like I'm really losing out here. I I understand the merits of that album. Uh, but I wanted well, Ian, to make a case for it. And we love it, Ian. We wanted to. Uh, we want to be again. I know you got a heart out here in about ten minutes. Every guest who comes on the podcast, and again, we can't thank you enough for doing it. Every guest hey, who comes on the podcast we want to give you an opportunity to give us five albums. And so what that five can be is entirely up to you. That's user dependent. You can give us your five favorite albums of all time. What you think are the five best five underrated albums, you name the five and then you give them to us. All right. So uh, I, I wanted to kind of step aside from like the usual, like best five albums or what have you, because I mean, like that's, just, that's, to, to quote a line that I heard on Jewish matchmaker analysis paralysis. I know she didn't make it up, but um, yeah, that she likes to act as if she did. And uh, as far as like five albums uh, that I want to mention, like I feel I- I've been listening to uh, come on, feel the lemon heads as you know, for an assignment. And this is like kind of pushing me towards what I feel very strongly is going to be a, um, a jag of listening to country-ish alt-rock records from the mid-90s. So here's where I see this taking me. Uh, I'm going to bring up Come On, Feel the Lemonheads. I'm going to also mention uh, Copperopolis by Grant Lee Buffalo.
recovering the satellites by uh counting crows um i also envision myself perhaps listening to the wallflowers album breach or failing that uh you know they're one that came out in 1996 uh bringing up the horse i believe it's called bringing down the horse uh and yeah and also perhaps uh jim blossom's new miserable experience so i know those are or maybe even congratulations i'm sorry but i've been really into the whole um I mentioned those records because like they're not the most popular ones those artists to produce. I'm really in a mindset of like UCD store all rock. That's where I see that's where I see myself heading in May 2023. Hannah, it's all right. Well, Ian, it's been a real treat for us to have you. Uh, for our listeners, uh, how can they stay up with you and hear what you got going on? Are there some social media accounts they can follow? Absolutely. As long as uh, as I've not got that Blue Sky invite yet, so you can still find me at Twitter. Uh, it is at, at the letters E-N, like my name, E as an elephant and as a Nancy underscore Cohen. Uh, that is where you will find me in addition to the other places that I write for. Uh, new IndieCast every Friday. Got to give a shout to that. Excellent. And we'll include a link. If you're listening to this episode, be sure to check out the more info uh, uh, link on uh, whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. And we'll have a link to IndieCast as well so you can hear uh, their latest episodes. Ian, it's been a real treat. Thanks for being with us. All right, thanks so much, y'all.
Micaiah, we got a chance to hear Ian's five top Sufjan albums. And because of that, we know that Illinois is the album that we're going to put forward, not Age of Odds. Mm-hmm. But Sufjan has great albums aside from these two. So what are your top five Sufjan albums? Yeah, I kind of I kind of cheat when I make this list, and I so I put in a couple, I build in a couple of ties, um, so I can include more albums. But I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm just going to say that, mm, but I want to so bad. I'm going to say that my number five is Michigan, uh, which I think is an incredible. The more I listen to it, the better it gets. Um, because I don't listen to it as much as Illinois and Age of Odds. So every time I hear it, I'm like just surprised by just how amazing it is. Um, my number four would be the Avalanche, the outtakes from Illinois, which I think are, I mean, there, there are songs on there that are better than what's on Illinois. I mean, uh, Pittsfield, Springfield, Saul Bellow, the, the Mistress Witch of McClure. I mean, they're the title track. There are so many just like, incredible songs on the, the that album is technically a compilation even though it's all original music it's the same anyway um and then number three would actually be the all delighted people ep which has some of i think sufjan's best songs in his catalog i still don't think he's written a song as good as the owl and the tanager since it came out i mean that that song is absolutely perfect from the mouth of gabriel the title track enchanting ghost heirloom i mean like it's bonkers how good um that ep is so-called ep um and then number two would be illinois and what i like to do is cheat and put illinois and avalanche together so i can squeeze in uh, seven swans or carry and lull but i'm not gonna do that uh and then number one we all know uh would be age of odds yeah, I wouldn't have had a problem with you putting Illinois and Avalanche together because I, I do as well. Like I, I generally, when making this list, won't include the Avalanche on its own because I, I think of the Avalanche as just an extension of Illinois. Like I, I even though they are two separate albums, they're two separate collections of material, it, it's it's hard for me to pull them apart, especially considering like avalanche is stuff that was recorded for that time period. And there are like alternate versions of Illinois songs on avalanche. So yeah, there are three different versions of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I love the adult contemporary mix. I like the multiple personality disorder mix. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Uh, So for me, uh, starting at number five, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say seven swans. Uh, Number four, uh, is Michigan. Number three is age of odds. And again, I, I think this is a really great album. I think, as I said, in our conversation with Ian, I think this is the most underrated Sufjan mm-hmm. album. Cause I feel like I, I realistically, all the other albums that are in my top five have been given, I feel like appropriate praise Yeah, except for age of odds. Like I, I feel like age of odds doesn't does not get what it's deserving of uh-huh. uh for for me number two is carrie and lowell um you know it's it's funny when we were talking about it i was saying how age of odds feels like such an isolated in in lonely album 
uh, Carrie and Lowell is heartbreaking. Car- I mean, Carrie and Lowell is, um, is, is maybe the most gut wrenching album that would be among my like 100 favorite albums of all time. Like uh-huh. it, it, it is brutal to listen to at some points, but it is, it is beautiful at the same time. And and there's some, there's something about Carrie and Lowell that just like sneaks under my skin. Um, and then of course, number one for me uh, would be Illinois. And then if you want to consider that Illinois in avalanche, you know, that, that for me takes it that much further because mm-hmm. of how good the stuff on avalanche is. Yeah. I want to talk about Carrie and Lowell for a second, because I mean, talking about an isolated album, I mean, a lot of that stuff is recorded in, by himself in hotel rooms and then mm-hmm. dressed up later by Sean Carey who um, performs with Bon Iver and also has his, his own solo career. That's uh, there's some really good stuff there too, but people talk about carrying all as if it's like seven swans and like kind of return to that form, but it's really not like it's much more like the all delighted people EP was mm-hmm. like enchanting ghost and, and heirloom. Um, heirloom could heirloom absolutely could have been a carrion little song yeah you know so there there are much more sonic textures that are i mean there's it's not the album that people kind of think it is like there's a lot more like digital stuff actually on carrion little than people think that there is um because it's it's, it's very subtle it's not like abrasive like age of odds like fourth of july which is the song everyone seems to love from that album has a lot of digital stuff happening on it, you know? Um, and another thing about Carrie and Lowell though, is if, if, if what we were doing today was what is the, like, which album, like, is the quintessential Sufjan is, is in like what kind of checks all of the boxes. It might be Carrie and Lowell because it's as personal as age of odds. That's the instrumentation of something like, seven swans is it's mostly like acoustic guitars and other kind of folk instruments and also it's sneakily his organ album mm-hmm. um almost every single song with like maybe one or two exceptions has something to do with organ um or oregon and if you listen to other songs from that time uh 2015 up through 2017 there are other songs with references to Oregon as if that was his plan. Um, Exploding whale mystery of love, which is on call me by your name and got you know, got him an Academy award nomination. Um, and then the, the greatest gift mixtape that EP has a number of songs and also the Tanya Harding single mm-hmm. that he released as uh, she's from Oregon. So you can, and I have on Spotify put together the Sufjan Oregon album, which Carrie and Lowell pretty much, pretty much is, you know, so it has the state thing. It has the faith. It has America it has the song 4th of July. So all the things that we've talked about, that's great about Sufjan. It really checks all the boxes and it's nice on like one LP, you know, it's like 12 tracks, you know, so like it, you know, there is a really good case if we were just kind of say like, Oh, like what, what, which album like checks the most boxes that'd be carrying them all. But I don't think that's the right approach. And I don't think it's the right answer either. Even though, as Ian was saying, there is a generation of Sufjan fans who absolutely would go all in on carrying all as I've done for odds and, and you've done uh, for, for Illinois. Well, Micaiah, it's Sufjan. It's me and you. This is probably 
a uh, question that doesn't need to be asked. But does Illinois belong on our list? Yes, of course it belongs on our list. It's insane that it's not on every list. All right. Like that, I mean, this is this is one of the most important artists in my lifetime. Certainly, certainly of the last uh, twenty years, you know. So um, it's 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 insane to me that this doesn't make things like the Rolling Stone five hundred, even within their top one hundred. Not only is it not on their in the one hundred, it's not on there at all. And I just I can't I can't fathom that, you know. So um, yeah, I, this um, this is a no brainer. This is a you know what are y'all doing? pick you know like yeah huge huge you forgot one on the on the part of rolling stone here yeah oh could not agree more uh micaiah we have let our listeners hear a lot from illinois a lot from age of odds um but i will go ahead and admit this is an artist that means more to you than it does than he does to me so Will you pick out what will be our closing song? Springfield from the Avalanche. Springfield from the Avalanche. I love it. Or Bobby got a shad fly caught in his hair. Um, yeah, I think that it, it could very well be his best song. I love it. Well, listener, we have chosen Illinois by Sufjan. Does it need to be a different album? Does does Sufjan deserve to have an album on our list? Let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at you forgot one on Twitter at you forgot one pod. Of course, our website is you forgot one.com. Micaiah, what should everyone who's listening do on whatever platform they're on? Uh, you should leave us a five star review. You can even do us one better and write a review. It helps other people find the show and it just helps us, you know, know what it is that you're interested in. It makes us feel real good. Um, and if you want new episodes as they're being released, the best thing you can do is like, follow, or subscribe, whatever the language is that your, you know, podcast provider tells you to do. Um, so that as these are coming out, they're right there, ready for you to go. Listener, we'll leave you now with Springfield from the Avalanche. And we'll see you next week. I don't care to say what I fail to recognize Every single day from the poker to the prize Running out of Springfield, I worked for the capital air
of the runaway. I took off my clothes and she took it for a holiday. I was taken for.